0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Minute 94 of Season 5 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee guy our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Mark
1: Hoffmeyer of Movies, Films, and Flicks. Welcome back, Mark. I would appreciate it if you just called me Tower during this episode. Like, hey, Tower. <laughs> Tower.
0: Hey everyone, do you believe the balls on this guy?
1: <laughs> hey, I need a ground crew to come and check out my microphone before we start.
0: <laughs> hey, you're you're quite capable of checking out your microphone on your own.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't get hostages now. That's right. <laughs> I am though. I do. I am wearing a night vision thing, and I'm wearing a flak jacket and a bulletproof vest.
0: And do and you have just, of van. do you have snow on the side of your uh, jacket? Right shoulder, right shoulder. Okay, well, actually, left, left shoulder. <laughs> That's it. <me. laughs> <laughs> so, minute ninety-four begins with John checking his ammo clip, and ends with Grant giving orders to his men. So, yesterday we ended things off with uh, John doing a uh, death-defying feat. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I was actually thinking about about that, and. You, you're, I'm assuming you're familiar with uh, Evil Knievel? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he reminded me like, of Evil Knievel with the type of stuff that he was doing there. You know, just jumping over. You know, I could see Evil Knievel doing that. You know, jumping, the jumping, over, jumping over You know, a, a truck with a flaming snowmobile.
1: He hasn't done that? Uh, not that I'm aware of. How many trucks could he clear if you lined them up and he had a good ramp? You in a fast snowmobile. How you, many trucks do you think you could jump?
0: Do you actually want the answer to that?
1: Because I, yeah. I have it. I have the answer. <laughs> yeah, let me know. Okay, well, first of
0: all, for anyone who doesn't know who we're talking about, we're talking about a, a, uh, uh, I guess you can call him a stuntman. Yeah, uh,
1: a stunt
0: he was man. a stunt performer and entertainer uh, named Robert Craig Knievel, who was known as Evil Knievel, E V E L. I I never understood why. I mean, I don't understand why he was called evil because it's not it's not evil. E.V.I.L. When did he start? Well, he he was born in 1938. And throughout his career, he uh, had more than 75 ramp to ramp
1: motorcycle jumps. Hmm. I mean, it was quite conservative back then. So if you add the I in there, people are like, I'm not going to go watch an evil person do something. Right. They're not gonna be like, who's this evil person? Oh, no, it's an E. It's not an I. It it just rhymes. He's not really evil. Oh, okay, that's fine. It's right. Dr. Dr. Evil. (laughs) He was maybe getting ahead of potential complaints by being like, I'm not evil because I have an E and not an I. That's yeah, I, would
0: I mean, I tried, tried looking up to figure out why he was called evil, and I, I never was able he adopted that as his nickname,
1: but it doesn't, didn't really say, like, what it means, you know. So, evil I don't know. he just sounds good. Evil Knievel. Yeah. It's better than Hank – or it's better than Roger Knievel. Knievel. Rob Knievel. You know, Mark Knievel. Mark Knievel. Right. Uh, Mark, like Knievel,
0: uh, Mark Knievel, maybe. Mark can Mark Knievel bless you uh <laughs> so his his most famous uh, stunt was an attempt to jump the fountains at caesar's palace which he didn't manage to do he never was able to do it he tried a few times but he he broke uh, uh hundreds of he had, he had more than he had hundreds of bone fractures throughout his career most of the time he would just land incorrectly and just break bones but people people just really liked the fact that he was attempting you know he even tried uh Jumping across the Snake River Canyon, and you know the the parachute that he had malfunctioned, and he had he got injured from it. I mean, it's just unbelievable the the number of injuries this this guy had over over his career. But he does have some of the, or he at least held for a long time some some of the the biggest records, you know, of of these type of things. First of all, he set a record of sales record at the Houston Astrodome in 1971 because he sold over 100,000 tickets back-to-back performances. Um wow. In 1971 he also set the uh, the world record for jumping cars. How many cars do you think he jumped over with his motorcycle? Uh 45. Nin- 19 19. <laughs> and do you know how many years that that record stood? 19. Remember this is 1971 27 years. Wow. Who it beat took- it? Uh, a man named Bubba Blackwell who jumped 20 cars in 1998. Wow. And then in 2015, a guy named Doug danger uh, surpassed that with 22 cars. Jeez, the and he actually used evil Knievel's uh, Harley Davidson to, to break that record in 2015. So that that's even cooler. You know, the fact that he was able to, to, to do that.
1: What um, would your stunt man name be? Rob. Ooh. Stunt Rob. Because your movie, Rob? Probably. Yeah, that would that would more to, that would probably make sense. But but that reminds
0: me too much of uh, what's his name, Stuntman Mike. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not that evil. <laughs> oh yeah, you're not you're
1: not death proof. <laughs> That's right. It's a good point.
0: So what do you, how many? So so he was able to jump across 19 cars. Now, what do you think the highest number of stacked cars he was able to get over? Highest number of stacked cars? Yes. 13. 50. I'm like, I was shocked when I saw this. He was able to go 50, he was able to jump over 50 cars. And how many years do you think that lasted? His other record lasted for 27 years. How many years do you think this record lasted for? 32. 35. You're very good. Hey! You were close.
1: That was, that, I mean, that, that's, again, it's that's just absurd. <laughs> he, you know, the, the record's for a reason, because no one... They're wildly impressive and very athletic, but no one else would even want to attempt it. That's true.
0: That's true. So he also is in the, he's in the, the Guinness Book of World Records for the survivor of the most broken bones in a lifetime. It's amazing. And how many broken bones do you think he had? Honestly, oh, so you said he had
1: hundreds of fractures. Yes. Oh, well, a fracture is, is a broken bone. Yes. Yeah. Right. I couldn't even tell. I couldn't even guess. 433. Ha. That's oh, just He needed to sell out those stadiums for health insurance. I don't know. That's just crazy. All right. Now you um... know Taylor Swift made over a billion dollars on her North American tour. A billion dollars. Wow. Yeah. Billion. She just gave all of her truck drivers a hundred thousand dollar bonuses, each of them. Wow. Yeah, she shelled out five million dollars for the bonuses to the truck drivers. Wow. That's just mm-hmm. crazy.
0: All right, another record that he has. Yeah, how many buses do you think he was able to jump over? He did it at Kings Island in Cincinnati, Ohio. For those keeping track, Kings Island is where that Brady Bunch episode took place when they went to, uh, you know, that's one of my favorite Brady Bunch episodes. Have you seen that one? Where they, where uh-huh. they go to Kings Island and uh, they, they, they misplace a, a uh, you know, Mike is there in order to, uh, you know, do, do a, a, an architect deal. And he has his, uh, you know, his, his blueprints in like a, uh, I guess you can say like a poster holder or whatever it is. And he and Jan get theirs mixed up. And when he comes to present it at the, you know, to, at his meeting, he pulls out like a, a Yogi Bear uh, uh, poster instead. So they have to get it there quickly. And they, they run across the park. And they, they basically, you know, they split up trying to find it. And they're able to find it. And they have to, you know, they, they have a relay race. You know, like Jan and Marsha are running with it, and then they talk, pass it off to, to I think, uh, uh, Bobby and Cindy, and then they pass it off to, to Peter and, and Greg, and then they, they pass it off to... I mean, they even get Alice to, to run across, you know, the whole thing. It, it was a fun yeah. episode. I, I the, the trivia that I remember this is that, that uh, King, Kings Island had just opened up like a year or two before, and the day that they filmed, all the people were really pissed off because they kept... You know, letting the Brady's cut line, cut the line in order to, to film all the shots that they needed to do. So, so people were cursing at the Brady's. Ah, so yes. King's Island. Sorry.
1: I got off on a little bit of a tangent so there. School, King's Island.
0: How many buses? No, not school buses. Greyhounds.
1: Greyhound buses. Greyhound buses. So it was 19 cars he was able to jump. Mm-hmm. So if you do the math. 14 or 15? 14 perfect yeah that's great that's yeah. great
0: mark 14 and that lasted for how many years 14 24 right 20. and bubba blackwell uh did it in 1999 with 15 wow bubba blackwell's a beast apparently well apparently I mean, bubba blackwell i have absolutely no idea <laughs> no clue
1: um
0: he also helped uh most of the, the this this Kings Island event had the highest viewer rating in history of ABC's Wild World of Sports.
1: Hmm.
0: Wow. Yeah. And Evil Knievel featured in seven of the 10 highest rated episodes of that show, ABC's Wild World of Sports.
1: That's fun. Mm hmm. Hey, Bubba Blackwell is still alive. Oh, wow. Okay. It makes sense. Dang.
0: And the beast yeah now now here's here's another thing you've you've heard the the phrase "jump the shark, right yeah, okay, where they talk about for for t v shows happy days, happy days, that's right, so um evil Knievel actually was supposed to jump a a tank of live sharks on january thirty first nineteen seventy seven but uh it, during the rehearsal, he lost control of the motorcycle and he crashed into a cameraman and broke his arms.
1: So Aww.
0: he wasn't he wasn't and and he actually uh caused eye damage damage to the cameraman.
1: And oh, the thing probably bounced back and hit him.
0: Yeah, and apparently, you know, he was so upset that it took took 20 years for that footage to, to be used somewhere that people could see it. And hmm. in that same year, so Happy Days decided that that uh you know they would have Fonzie do a similar trick on water skis. You know, and that's where we all know the phrase "jump the shark." Hmm. So you see, Evil Can Evil created the the idea that TV shows can jump the shark,
1: <laughs> and then wipe out cameramen. That's right.
0: Uh, the, the cameraman turns out that he was okay in the end. He didn't lose his eye, eyesight or anything like that. So so all is for the best. <laughs> but yeah, so he's got a. I hope we got a fat paycheck. <laughs> Probably Evil Knievel Evil, uh, you know. Uh, gave him a little bit of money here on the side. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, right. So, okay, back to Die Hard Two. So John crawls over to the to to, to the to the gun and pulls out the the magazine and looks at it and he goes, "Oh, Jesus Christ!" And it, it's great the way that they do this that that we actually see that John has figured something out, but he hasn't. He isn't telling the 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 viewers yet what what we're seeing. We blanks. know he, that, he doesn't do that. No, he goes, Oh crap, blanks, <laughs> you know. But, but he, he does have a quizzical look on his face, like he's trying to figure out why they would do it, you know. So it's a good thing they don't have a little bit of time to try and figure it out, you know. And, and he's got snow on on his jacket, too, and on his face, finally, and on his face. <laughs>
1: They're actually dropping the snow on them here. If it was Samuel Jackson, he would be like, mother ever. Like, that's what he would say if he saw those bullets. That's true. And the funniest thing, and I can't figure this out, is is that John is now holding in his
0: hand two clips. One that has blue and one that has red. Where did he get the one with the red?
1: (laughs) Wait, wasn't wasn't that attached to it? Didn't they have two clips attached to each other?
0: No, it was two blue clips. Oh... It's the blue clips are taped together and then the red clips are taped together. So did you finally find a mistake? Uh, it looks like it, but it's very strange. Like where, Because we never see him pull it out somewhere. We see him pull, pull the, the blue clips out of the gun and he's looking at it and then there's a close-up of John and then in the next shot, we see John holding two clips in his hand and one of them is
1: red and one of them is blue. Did he have one in his jacket that he grabbed from somebody? It's possible, but we don't. Remember, see oh, remember him... when he shot the guy? He grabbed his um. He got his, he bag. his gun. So then he probably maybe put something in there in his jacket. It's possible, but it's... we don't see him pull it out. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it oh, it's oh, yeah, miraculously yeah, that,
0: is in his hand. It's you just know? there. Yeah, yeah Maybe, maybe, sure. maybe John McClane is a magician. You know, we didn't see what was up his sleeves
1: i mean he he works in pretty good magic and die hard. he's good with tape just taped it That's right. John John knows tape he does
0: know tape <laughs> oh man yeah and and you know the then the the shot basically ends with with a close up of John getting up and it's funny how he uses the gun to like lift himself up, you know as like a cane type of thing for him to. To to
1: start walking and stuff like that. Is there another actor out there who does a better pain face? Than than uh? Bruce Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis? Hmm. Like Pierce Brosnan does not have a good pain face. He's like, Ugh. Um I'm I don't, know, I don't know if I've seen him do pain face much. Stallone might do a good pain face. Mm-hmm. Jackie Chan does a good one. Cause he was always in pain. Because he was always getting hurt. Ah, oh, that's true. He his wasn't his wasn't
0: fake pain. His was real pain. Yeah. You know, Jackie, Jackie Chan Jackie Chan is like uh, Evil Knievel. You know, he yeah. he really breaks the, breaks his bones.
1: Buster Keaton was Buster Keaton the prototype for Evil Knievel? Uh, maybe. Hmm. Because he he did some insane stunts. Have you ever watched a side by side of Buster Keaton and Jackie Chan? Jackie Chan and like recreates so many of his best stunts. It's a fun video to watch. Oh because really? Was That's very cool. Yeah, if you ever watch, just do Buster Keaton, Jackie Chan side-by-side. Side. And, and Jackie recreates a lot of the stunts, and it's fun. Oh, wow. Okay,
0: cool. Um, then then we're back in the control tower, and we get a shot of, of uh, Trudeau. At Trudeau. Tower. Yeah. Trudeau's up there. And basically, you know, it, it makes you wonder why, it, like, uh, you know, at this point, Stuart then contacts the tower. And we hear him on the speaker saying, attention tower, attention dullest Tower. This is Colonel Stewart. Is our plane prepared? And then Trudeau responds and says, it is. It's in Hangar 11. It's the most remote building we got. We're on our way. Have a ground crew there to confirm the condition of the plane. And <laughs> first of all, it's very funny that he wants a ground crew, that he's even asking yeah. for it. Because, you know, that's a perfect situation for them to bring in. You know, anti-terrorist, uh, you know, guys that are going mm-hmm. to be pretending
1: to be real ground crew. So it's, it's just very strange that that and they, they know that these guys can't hit anything. So I mean, any any type of counter. Well, no, they can only shoot people when it's not McLean, is, I guess. So yeah, they're in trouble. Never mind. Yeah, it's pro- probably true.
0: Yeah. No, but it's, it's just a very strange request, you know. <laughs> And and I love that as Stewart is doing it, he's looking at a map, and then he like sticks that map in his in his jacket pocket, you know, basically trying to to figure out where he needs to go or
1: where maybe where Hangar Eleven is. Maybe that's what he's checking. Maybe, I mean, listen, this is pre GPS. That's a big airport. That's true. A lot of woods around this airport, by the way. Yes. That's
0: true, right? and I wonder if there really is that ma- that many wood- that many trees around
1: Dallas, because that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, yeah, so, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, probably. And yeah, trucks just driving right through it.
0: That's true, also. And then we get a shot of Grant and his men listening in on this conversation again. How are they? Connect- how, did they- how are they on that frequency? You know they're they're going to know what frequency Stewart is going to contact you know the the control tower
1: on well, they know what tower is on, so they know that they'll eventually so they've been talking to tower True, but, but, but
0: Telford Telford's job is not to be listening in on the tower
1: you know his, he's you know he's trying to find uh, find other stuff, I guess I don't know, but you want it there have one person with it on just right. to know okay, have True. Mitchell keep that frequency. Or Kenneth? Do. Yes, definitely Kenneth. Uh, keep the
0: <laughs> and then oh. Grant goes. Do you believe the balls in the son of a bitch, Colonel? And then he takes the radio to respond and goes, Colonel, you're quite capable of confirming it yourself. Now please don't ask us to gift wrap potential hostages for you. I've always hated the next line. Stewart then goes, Major Grant, isn't it? Hello. These guys were apparently, you know, serving together for for years. Yeah, you know, for him to respond as if he's, you know, hmm, who is this? Oh, is this Major Grant? I, I I don't know who who are you. I mean, it goes back to the fact that that John actually knew that the two of them know each other. Yeah, you know, that that Grant and and so, you know, it's just very strange that he pretends at this point not to know who who Grant is at first. So I don't. Know.
1: That'd be funny if it was that. That's right.
0: <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then Grant responds, if you remember me, Colonel, then you remember I know the drill as well as you do. Check out your own plane. Uh, you know, this This is when, when you know what's going to happen in this movie. So it's it's very comical, this entire theatric, all these theatrics. You know, I, I always wish that I could, you know, go back and see movies for the first time. To see, to try to remember what my reaction is for certain things that I didn't know at the time. Like, how, how do people react when they first see this scene, thinking that Grant is, is, on, is a good guy? Mm-hmm. You know, because it's not theatrics of what he's doing when you think that he's on the side of right. But once you know what he's doing, it's very hard to unhear the, the, the theatrical tone in, in, you know, in his speech. Yeah, they're they're hamming it up. Yes, but we don't know that though. Correct. But that's what I'm saying. You, it's it's hard to to put yourself in that position.
1: But why else even have this guy here? Unless you're gonna the rock him. Remember the the team from The Rock with Michael Bean. And yeah. They all just get wiped out. Mm-hmm. Unless you do that with them. This is a crazy plan, movie Rob. Or oh, sure. I say sure. stuntman Rob? <laughs> This plan is nuts. We don't have to go into it, but geez Louise, there's a lot, like, there's a lot of work going on here and a lot of theatrics. That's right.
0: And, and they, and we never really figure out their, their idea for how they're going to completely get away and that nobody's going to have to run after them. You know, Hans Gruber had a plan that everyone will think they're dead and that's it here. Mm -hmm. Everyone will know that these people were traitors and did what they did. And now they're, you know, on some tropical island. And that's it. But we don't know where they are, and we're not going to be able to get to them.
1: It's very, it's very, but it's so many movies, though. I mean, that's Con Air, that's a lot of movies. Like, we're going to be on a non extradition island. It's going to get boring pretty quick. Yeah. If you're wanted by the entire, like, anywhere, like, you can never go back to the States. You're just going to be on an island for the rest of your life. Like, a hundred of you mercenaries. I mean, I guess you could go work for other mercenaries. Well, then you can't because you can't leave. I want a movie about that. People who pull off the biggest heist ever and everyone knows who it is, but they end up on a non-extradition island and they're just <laughs> bored. And they, like these horrifyingly bad criminals open up a bar and they have to like run a restaurant.
0: <laughs>
1: that's the, that's the yeah. movie I want.
0: Okay. That, that makes sense. I, the question is whether it will be a boring movie or not, you
1: yeah. No, isn't that that more or less what what the expendables is? No, but there's (laughs) no action. It's just them like, there's 30 of us here. We killed hundreds. Hundreds. Because of plane crashes and everything. Like, we're murderers. We killed a lot of people. And now we're on this island and we can't get sent away. So the islanders don't like them. They're bored. They can't board a plane. So, like, I guess we'll start a legitimate business. Like a fish and chip shop. And it just fails miserably. And then they have to learn how to become central, like a core part of the community and become good again and give out free tacos.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that to you. You can, you can write that script. Oh, it's already (laughs) done. I just wrote it. Okay. (laughs) But as long as they have free tacos, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. That's, that's the kicker here.
1: Everyone <laughs> wants free tacos. Exactly. <laughs>
0: and, you know. The, so again, it's it's just funny watching the theatrics here, and and we see a shot of of Stewart basically smiling, and he smirks at Khan. You know, during this conversation, because they're the only two people who really know what's going on. Do you, do you think Esperanza knows at this point that? that the, the guys in blue light are with them. We're not yet. Cause later on when he sees it, he's like, Oh, that's right. So he still thinks that, you know, it's, it's funny that,
1: that, that they're keeping him in the dark. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe he's onto it, but he doesn't want to admit it yet, but yeah, cause he seems quite happy when he finds out. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's true.
0: And then Grant slams the, the, uh, the, the the intercom on, onto the to the radio and then turns to those men and goes, we move out in five minutes. Flak check is for everybody. Body armor for the assault team. Night scopes. And then it gets cut off. Yep. You know, so again, a, a lot of theatrics here. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't work. You know, but uh, I, I, I like how they do it, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Makes sense. Um, okay, you have anything else for this minute before we get into uh, into into the the script? Let's script it up. All right. Actually, I want to mention one last thing here that that you know, not only you, you mentioned before that this plan is just really crazy. And stuff like that, but but not only do they need to plan the real stuff, they need to plan the fake stuff. You know, like they need to plan what they're going to do to pretend that they're on the, the side of right. You know, like even yeah. for him to make this comment right now, telling all his men, you know, uh, get ready in five minutes and flak ta- jackets and and body armor and all that stuff. You know, it's just, you know, this is all theatrics just for who? I mean, Carmine isn't next to them right here. I think I think tomorrow maybe he'll. He'll tell Carmen what to do. But they have but here, one
1: person with them.
0: That, that's right. It's for, it's all to to fake out Telford. That's it.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: it's like, how do you, how, you know, what do we need to do in order to fake out Rebecca DeMone's husband? You know, let, let's figure that out. That's what it comes down. All right, so the, the script actually has some some interesting changes here also. And it says, John paws through the snow, looking for the assault rifle and finds it. The stock broken, McLean pulls off the clip. He peels off a round into his hand, then another. There's paper weighed uh, where brass should, should, should meet lead. Blanks. Blanks. Reeling, he rummages in the snow, finds one of the soldier's backpacks. More clips inside. First clip has live ammo. Second clip, blanks camera pushes in on McLean until he looks at the red blue tape and makes the connection. Oh my God. And gets to his feet and runs. So I mean it's I like the way they do it in the movie because they're they're trying to to hold off the, the reveal. You know, it's gonna take them a few more days to, to give off this reveal. But you know, in in the script, the reveal happens right there, and I think I think it's more effective the reveal in the movie than the one that they use here in the script because in the script it's a good they're, reveal. They're telling us outright, but in the movie, it's it's him shooting uh, Lorenzo, mm-hmm. which which we'll get into next week about why John should probably be dead, but whatever, that that's a separate problem. Mm-hmm. And then Stuart, you know, talks about uh, you know whether the the plane is prepared, and then at one point he says. We're on our way. If there's another attempt to stop, stop us like the one you just made, I will fire several st- Stinger missiles into your terminal. Do I make myself clear? And then Trudeau says, quite clear. Good. Please have a ground crew there to confirm the plane's condition. You know. And then it says the army trucks have parked by the still intact church, church garage. In the background, uh, firefighters spray down the smoking ruins of the church. Grant uses the field radio Telford has set up in the back of the truck. And then basically the conversation continues and it's the same. Because remember the church blew up in the script. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, would would have been nice to see. but oh gotta well. save money. That's what they were doing, saving money. Alright, so every Thursday we have a segment called Aviation Thursday where my guests will give their top five movies related to aviation. It could be something that happens in an airport, something that happens on an airplane in space, something like that. So Mark, what have you got for us? Start with your number five and work your way up.
1: I watched a movie recently called blood red sky. I wanted to put it number five. It's about vampires on a plane. And so there's a, a plane and eventually it lands, but the whole thing is about a vampire outbreak happens on a plane with a bunch of terrorists. And so it's just a cool vampire. It's like, it's just vampires on a plane and then like i don't i don't want to give away a lot but it's just a fun claustrophobic h- horror film that okay, i did a lot i gotta tell you you were not the first person to list that movie it's fun. Your top five. yeah yeah it's a lot of fun and then four is hot shots it's one of my all-time favorite comedies charlie is perfection there's a scene where an airplane goes upside down and all the like tchotchkes from the airplane fly and like hit the there's the a window of or like the, the window of the cockpit, I guess, like just all the crap. Just that's a hilarious movie. I think Hot Shots is just one of the, the funniest movies I can think of. I would get fired if I didn't bring this up. But Con Air is my number three. I dedicated way. I, I to think to Jay Clu- I think Jay's Jay, going to uh, fire
0: you for putting it at number three.
1: Jake <laughs> and I dedicated way too many episodes to it, but it was still a lot of fun. Number two is is snakes on a plane it was directed by david r ellis who is a second unit director of deep blue sea and it stars samuel l jackson on a plane with poisonous snakes famously got like the r-rated cut it was supposed to be the next best best big thing according to the internet it wasn't really but it's still just a fun concept with sam jackson fighting snakes on a plane yeah and it's incredible and number one Not overall, but I watched it this year, and it's called Plane. And it stars Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter. And it is such a refreshing blast of, like, 1990s, 1980s action film. Jerry Butler's super chill in it. Mike Coulter's just a legit, like, killer in it. The plane scenes are really stressful. The shootouts are stressful. It's a very simple, plotted film with likable, smart characters and a lot of tension. I mean, this movie hits above its weight. It's a very fun, very economical, straightforward action film. Now, I'm not saying it's it's not die hard, but it's it's so refreshing and just how it gets from point A to point B to point C that it's like it's still it's in my top five of 2023. My wife and I love it. It's just a fun movie called Plane. So that's my number one. All right. Very cool.
0: All right. So, Mark, you want to once again tell people where they can find you?
1: Yeah, Movies, Films, and Flicks, Movies, Films, on FLIX, and then Deep Blue See the Podcast, and then just look for me on social for all those, those places. All right. And finding me is very
0: simple. Just do a quick search for Movie Round Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on my website, com, and you can find me on Twitter. So Mark, you feel like coming back in tomorrow to see what happens with these guys uh, that are going to be putting on flak jackets and body armor? My name is Tower. Stuntman
1: Rob. You got to call me Tower. <laughs> okay. So Tower, would you like to come back tomorrow? Look <laughs> the balls on this guy. Look at you asking this. Yeah, of course. I'll be <laughs> back. I'll be back. But I need someone to check my mic. All right. No problem. But uh, as long as you promise not to
0: use them as hostages, how's that? Yeah. I'll send the guy over if you if, if <laughs> promise.
1: I won't do it again. Okay. All right. Good. All right. So until tomorrow, yippee-kaye. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and